everybody and welcome to Oh Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited to be here with you this week. Uh, sadly, uh, our pastor of community, Chris Freeman, was unable to make it this week. Uh, so we lift him and his family up. But I do have a special guest alongside of me. And so I'm excited to have my wife, Dorothy Pavlovsky, uh, kind of uh, being here with us today and sharing a little bit about joy. Uh, but before we get there, I want to uh, ask her what she thought our first date was. Was I even close to being correct? So on last week's podcast, you talked about our first date. Yes, about love. Yes. <laughs> and you talked about how our first date was at a water park, which was actually Lake Lanier. I guess that's technically water park. And yes, technically, yes, that is our first date. Even though we weren't really even dating yet, it's like it turned into our first date. Right. Right. Exactly. So, so it worked out. Yes. So, uh, well, good. I'm glad I was not too off base with that. Uh, and so if you watch this week's sermon, or maybe you're just listening, because uh, I guess you're bored, I don't know, but um, we talked about joy. And I, I love this word and idea and what it means to us. Uh, kind of in our spiritual lives. But before we dive really deep into all that, we have that simple question of what brings you joy? And I hope that as you're listening to this, maybe some certain things pop in your mind. So um, I ask you, what brings you joy? You know, I have to steal from whoever it was that put, because you mentioned this in the sermon, someone put it on there. Not just your family brings your joy, yeah. But the happiness of your family. Wasn't that great? I don't know oh who my did gosh. that. But. Yes. You know, so, think so, about my girls and right. their, I just want them to be happy, but happy exactly with the joy that the Lord can bring, you know, so that is. I think that's a maturity that. that we go through, yes. you know, in life is what brings us joy are those, as we're young, those things that, you know, money or mm -hmm. possessions and things yes. like that. And as we get older, um, I also like cheesecake, though, so... Yeah, cheesecake, it's <laughs> not bad, not bad. Uh, so if you are not sure what we're talking about, as people came in this past Sunday to church, I had a little station set up that said, uh, what brings you joy, and there were little cards to write down things, and a lot of them were family. Um, probably the funniest was uh, when Bama loses. Uh, there were all sorts of different things that brought people joy, but one person wrote down... Uh, when my family's happy or yes. something of that nature. I can't remember exactly. And I thought, what a deep, deep way to just expand upon just a uh, family. Families should bring us joy. Mm -hmm. Now, they can be uh, <laughs> trying at times, but... So many emotions. We'll get into the happiness and joy debate here in just a little bit. But uh, I had a couple of things that I didn't talk about Sunday. One more specifically... Um, if you would have been in service, somebody actually asked me after the service, they're like, why are the tree lights all colored? Because this week they were red and green and, you know, all the different colored skin, multicolored. Yes. And that was on purpose because really? it brings me joy. Because it reminds me of Christmases at my grandparents when my parents would get us up and we'd go to my grandparents' house. They had a tree and it always had those huge, you know, yes. kind of multicolored lights on them. You and don't see those anymore. Well, they're starting to make a comeback. 
Uh, if you look around homes in the neighborhoods as you're driving through, maybe not on Christmas trees in houses, but outside, oh, uh, they're well. starting to make a comeback. <laughs> um, but it just reminds me of those Christmases. And I woke up to so many Christmases in my grandparents' house with that tree, with the multicolored lights, that uh, since we were talking about joy, joy yeah. that I, I did that on purpose. I forgot to mention it. Well, hey. There you go. So the people listening to the podcast... Don't know. Don't, don't know. If you, if you wonder what it looks like, just close your eyes real tight and then open them, and then maybe you'll see. But you ever see like a little light anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. But uh, so that's why they were uh, different colors. They'll probably go back to the pretty clear, clear colors. Yeah, the amber color. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, um, so this week. But I thought about this, and, um, you know, this is coming from kind of a deeper place and I'm probably going to go to, um, but I thought about uh, storytellers. People in our lives who come around and can just be good storytellers. You know, a, a lot of people tell stories, but to me, there's there's few people who are really good storytellers. Where When they're speaking or talking or describing something, you are just all into it and you just got to know where it goes yeah and um there's a there's a friend of mine and uh, many of you who may be listening who uh is just a great storyteller and has been for so many years and uh my heart's with him and his family right now but um i'm so thankful for the stories that people share in their lives and i, I thought about you know what brings god joy and I think about, well, yeah, we can bring uh, offerings to him. And uh, mm -hmm. when we talk about offerings now, uh, you know, it's mostly in the idea of, um, you know, financial offerings and things like that. And those are great. I believe that's part of our faith journey. I had this conversation with somebody after church about, you know, why we don't pass around a basket or a plate or anything like that. We have a station set up and uh, they were asking about how to go about giving and um, we described that and, and that's that's I'm sure that pleases God because that helps us in our faith journey mm -hmm. but I also think what could really make God smile is what, when we make good decisions when we turn from temptation all those type of things mm -hmm. but when we tell who he's been in our lives and yeah. and, and that's important yeah, I, I think that definitely brings God joy because not just the telling of our story, but usually if you're telling your story, you're telling it to, to someone else. And God wants us to do life with each other, li live in unity and um, love each other. And part of that is telling, telling other people your story of, of God's love and the joy that he brings you and spreading the joy that, of course, I think, I totally agree with that. I remember uh, our daughters when they were little. We don't get this as much anymore, maybe because we're not traveling in cars all together, you know, mm. with different ages and different places. Uh, but uh, I used to love it. Uh, and they seem to do this more with you than with me, maybe because I was harder to pull out. I just think you were naturally better at this than I was. Uh, but they would say, tell me a story about when you were young. You remember that? Yeah. Ella, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she loves that. You know, they would be so interested in, in, yeah. in what life was like when we were growing up. 
They said yours always involved a dead animal of some sort. <laughs> There's a lot of truth in that. Growing up in the the hills of uh, Georgia and Nellijay, you know, yeah. and uh, there's a lot of truth in that. I, I, we won't go that route, but yeah. <laughs> so, you know, how are you, those listening, at telling stories? How do you tell stories? Do you share stories? Now, look, I understand that there's some stories you don't want to share because I, I think we all are in that boat in some form or fashion. But I also think it's a testimony to God when there's broken parts of our lives and we share the stories of how God took us through those difficult journeys or those dif difficult paths. And um, I think that brings joy to God. I just mm -hmm. do. Well, I think especially when you go through a difficult time, you know, a lot of times God's trying to teach you mold you develop your character in some way and so if then you're sharing in in that difficult time may have totally been so you could share it with someone else to help them through a difficult time so um you're fulfilling a purpose there that god gave you right uh if you know me and and know kind of my theology and things of that nature and i'm not debating anybody on this because I know other people have different views. I, I'm not a believer that God causes bad things to happen to us. I believe we live in a broken world and that, you know, we just have to deal with the 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 way that we've created things to live in. Um, but I do believe God offers the opportunity for us to heal and to grow and to take those painful, difficult, challenging parts of our lives and reflect him and every time I see it in individuals or in in different stories I'm just amazed at that I kind of say that to lead to our guest testimony this week which was Millette Malloy oh. yeah uh, and uh, you may or may not know Millette I've been blessed to know her for many many years to see her uh, on a large spectrum of her spiritual and faith journey. Uh, I remember that when she uh, was taking a class, uh, she thought it was really for something else, but it ended up being kind of about missions. And if you knew Millette, you knew that looking at her, you didn't see her at the top that was really going to go out into the mission field and serve, but she became... Uh, called and driven by God and started this ministry, school, uh, just feeding program, so many words to describe it, in Kericho, Kenya. And so I've been blessed to go there several times. You've been there, Dorothy. Mm -hmm. It is just amazing. It's neat how only, it seems like only someone like Millette could pull off like, God de started developing in her all these characteristics and about her, like she talked about a little bit, that now help her so much in what she does in um, Kericho. Yes. So I, think it's, I think that's really neat. So she came and, and gave kind of her testimony and a little bit about... Uh, it was so much more than we could actually cover in the time that we allotted on Sunday, but... Uh, I'm so thankful for her and appreciative that she shared with us about what that is. And uh, God willing, we have a team going this February 
to continue the work there and to uh, keep spreading joy to so many. Um, so that's that's a great, great thing. So I want to jump a little bit into the sermon. I did a pretty good job of this week of getting, I think, about everything I wanted in. But there were some things that I really didn't get to elaborate on, you know. Uh, we talked about joys like puppies, you know, or being in a box. And once it's out, it's out. You're not getting that that puppy back in it. And so we used that analogy. And we, we talked about how joy overcomes shame. And I think that's such a big part of our spiritual lives and faith journey because shame can hold us back. You might have an incredible story that needs to be told to people and impact their lives, but due to certain areas of our lives that we're ashamed of, we don't share. And I think God wants us to like look past that and be able to share uh, where we've been and what we've come through. Uh, I love that Romans tells us that we all fall short to the glory of God. So if you ever get in that frame of mind, well, I, I'm not good enough, or I've messed up here, or I've done this, or I messed up today, whatever it might be, you know, we're reminded that uh, Christ went to the cross, and his grace and blood covers all of our sins, yeah. all of our transgressions, all of our um, illness of, of that type. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says that there's no condemnation for sin through Christ Jesus. And one thing to me, I feel like Jesus would not want us to be to feel shame um, because he 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 died for for our sins, and so we shouldn't feel shame for our sins. We should feel redeemed and and um, just thankful and grateful for what he did and. Whenever I think about shame, I think about um, the very first miracle that Jesus did was turn water into wine. And to me, I feel like that was so the the, the organizers and the, the, family. the family wouldn't yes. feel, so they wouldn't feel shame. Deal. Yeah, that would have been mortifying in that culture. And he did that so they wouldn't feel shame. And it's like, he's it's his first miracle, and I just feel so strongly that it was about I'm here to take away the shame and so I just feel like we should remember that and that the things that we've gone through we shouldn't feel shame over it we should we should look for what God tried to um, work through us and what he tried to show us and what he has for us or maybe for someone else absolutely and so as we get into Christmas, we're going to be hearing the Christmas story coming up a lot or maybe seeing those famous scenes from uh, Charlie Brown's Christmas and, and all of that, uh, hearing that story. But in Luke 1, before we get there, we've got a great story that is, is kind of based around this idea of shame. And uh, that's about uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah and how they had longed for a child but she had not given birth and the shame she would have felt in that culture because she knew that uh, uh, those who are faithful and believed in, in different ideas of this uh, got blessings and she saw that through a, a, a child and uh, she was very shameful of it and I think by the time we see her in the story she was uh, a little bit used to it maybe you know maybe uh, not comfortable but she had dealt with it in many different ways. There maybe had been many different moments where she had thought, well, my time has passed. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm going to be the best follower I can now and, and believer. Now, Zechariah worked in the temple. So it's always interesting to me that he was a faithful individual already working in the temple. And so we start to get this story unwrapping. Uh, in fact, that when he found out, he was in the temple working. And um, an angel came to him and said, look, this is what's going to happen. And he came out of that temple almost, uh, I don't know the right words, but dumbfounded. He couldn't speak, basically. He was yeah. consumed with this, this knowledge. Like, can this be true? And I think we hit that sometimes in our spiritual life, like, can God really love me? Can God really forgive me? I've messed up. I've, you know, done this or that. Uh, and so can God really be there? And so as you look through it, you start to get uh, an idea of kind of Elizabeth growing in, in maybe the what ifs. What if I really am pregnant? What if this angel is, is true? What if, you know, and, and something I love about the story is, uh, I don't know, I just think about the character of God. It really has nothing to do with what I'm saying here, but I just love that it's in there. It says that, that Gabriel is the one to deliver the message. And he's like, I'm right here with God. God's right here. But it's not God saying, I'm going to take the credit for this. He's like, yeah, go ahead and share that, that news with them. Go ahead and, and show them what's about to happen. I just, I just like, I don't know if I'm reading into it too much, but I just... You know, in a society where we are so hungry for recognition, where we're so mm -hmm. hungry for it to be about us, you know, I don't, I don't think that's a, a trait of God. I think God's, he, we know when God's at work, we know when God is doing something, but he's not a, a selfish God when saying it has to be me who shares this information. Yeah. You know, want, I'm going to send Gabriel here to yeah. share that. Now, he is selfish about us. Don't get me wrong. Don't right. misquote me. But I, I, maybe I'm reading into it too much, but I thought that was an interesting part of no, the scripture. No, I think that's a huge characteristic of God, that he He wants to partner with with us, but he, he partners with the angels as well. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, yeah. And, and that should be mm -hmm. a clue to us. Mm-hmm. That he wants to use us in our everyday lives. Right. He wants to have us share our stories as we're talking about storytellers. So I, I didn't mention this, but I thought this was really kind of a neat thing to say. If you look in, um, I guess, thinking about uh, Scripture, Luke 1, 25, 26, in that area, um, you can see that after... Even after she had found out, even after she knew she was pregnant, maybe she felt that heartbeat in her womb. I don't know, but she knew it, that she uh, kept, kept, kept the city. Yeah, she kept herself hidden. From, yes. You just had said that, and I was like, I never, I don't know, you read scripture and you just glaze over things. I never noticed. It says for five months she kept herself hidden. Right. Saying, thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. So... Why? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've got ideas, of course, but, you know, that's really neat. Maybe she wanted to develop enough so that people wouldn't mock her or question oh. her 
out in society because remember she was very old if yes. you know she maybe had tried to get pregnant before and maybe even thought she was pregnant before i don't know but i'm going they a little bit outside see the, her the and be like, but yeah sure yeah. you are yeah yeah what do you got a tumor like uh, <laughs> what's wrong with you are you sick in the mind you're Why surely do you think not you're pregnant? pregnant yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so maybe and then zachariah couldn't explain it because he was because the he was actually the you said he was dumbfounded, but actually it says that because that the angel told him because you did not believe my words, yes. it made him mute. He was mute. Right. Until wasn't he mute until um and until he was born, until John the yes. Baptist was born. Yes. And so, and if you also look through there, you'll see lots of rules that they gave them about John the Baptist and, and raising him and, and different mm -hmm. things. Uh, and there's a lot more into the reason that they gave them that. So don't uh, read that and come to your own. The Nazarite vows. Yeah, 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 kind of. Uh, we'll talk about that maybe at a later date. But just know <laughs> that there's more. Uh, you can come and ask me about it sometime or we'll, we'll talk. But anyway, um, so I think that's so neat and then in the sixth month she went to go visit mary and no mary visits elizabeth. oh mary visits yeah. yes 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 in the sixth month mary comes and visits elizabeth and it's just a beautiful beautiful story of you know uh shame being overcome by joy in, in fact when they finally uh, see each other it's it's like a big exhale you know you ever hold your breath you know i remember um when our first daughter started driving you know, it's like you hold your breath till they get home at night. Now our second daughter's about to start driving, and I can oh already, I'm already practicing my lung control because you just <laughs> worry. You know, it's like, what's, what's, you know, what is out there in the world, and you know, not everybody pays attention, and, and so you worry about different things like that. And so um, I just loved that. The, the last thing, I guess, Scripture wise was I, I just love this idea of joy being a choice um, So often we are comparing joy and happiness together and um, I, There was a great quote uh, That I shared this past week about happiness and I don't want to say the danger of happiness but um you know, the, the importance of, of seeing past that. Um, this is what I'd ri uh, written. It says this stuff runs much deeper than happiness. We love to be happy. We love to feel good. But happiness comes and goes as the circumstances around us change by the hour and the minute. Happiness can come from many things. Birthday parties and balloons, your favorite song on a perfect day, an encouraging message from a friend, winning the big game, a delicious meal. There are good and enjoyable things to be savored and enjoyed for sure. But all are fleeting. All are passing. Uh, and, and, and pursuing happiness for the sake of happiness can be shallow in a self-centered pursuit. It is the very pursuit of happiness that thwarts happiness, which was a quote by... Viktor Frankl, who was a uh, uh, Nazi prisoner in World War II. Uh, and so I just, I want to say, be careful in confusing joy and happiness all in the same thing. Because yes. joy is, is knowing that even though happiness is fleeting, we still have Christ in our lives. So happiness is circumstantial. Yes. And joy is not circumstantial. It's foundational. 
uh, to a spiritual lifestyle. Yeah. To to our now look, we're gonna mess up on that. I mean, well, I think the opposite is well. There's a different way to look at it. I don't know if it's technically opposite, but there's you know it doesn't mean we are oblivious to sadness and we don't get sad over things and and we're not down but there's this overarching joy in our lives that we know we can get through it we know we can go through circumstances in life that are are trials and struggles and sadnesses and we know that it's not permanent we know that we have a greater joy that will that can get us through it and that comes through jesus christ and we can seek joy it's a choice and, and this is what I'll say is, is not to... Yeah, you can just wallow in your sadness and, sure. choo- and choose to be that way or you could choose joy and, and like you said, seek it. Seek it out. I mean, I, I know that there's been times where I've been in the worst mood, um, maybe because it's Christmas Day and we're going somewhere and we're all running late or so. That's, I mean, that's a realistic uh, situation in our home. Um and I'm just in a bad mood, but putting on, you know, a, a certain type of music, Christian music or something that, that expresses joy more than my emotions uh, can be a small step in choosing joy. Um, forgiveness is choosing joy on a much bigger scale. Oh, yeah. You know, if we carry these angers and frustrations around with us, then they'll always be there. And sometimes we fight to be right, but we win absolutely nothing. And and when we just say, I, I'm, I, there's going to be forgiveness. And it doesn't have to be reciprocated. It doesn't have to be given back. It can just be something that we choose in our lives to give and to release and to not to carry about. I think something like that is... is easier said than done oh yeah and i tell you one thing that we know is that god wants us to have joy he wants us to have this this um what's the word steadfast joy the the non-fleeting joy from him he wants us to have that we know we know that and the bible tells us that um if we would, if we pray something in accordance to his will, he will give it to us. I mean, we can't pray for a car. Or, and, <laughs> you know, we think that'll bring us joy. But if we, I just believe that, you know, you know, if you pray like, Lord, I'm, I'm having trouble finding joy in this situation. Um, and I know you want me to be joyful in you. Um, I think he will answer that prayer. The Bible says he'll answer He'll answer the prayers that we ask in accordance to his will. And I believe that we can, in in extension, pray for others in such a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I believe that we have gotten out of the habit of um, being in prayer for other people when they might be overcome with a situation or uh, with, with life. Uh, I shared in my sermon a little bit about the week that I'd had and things going on with my dad. And mm. I apologized, and rightly so, I apologized again to those who I had not shared the information with and and denied the ability to pray for me in those moments. But to be honest, I was just in the moment. 
and I, I, all logic kind of went aside. It was it was being mm-hmm. uh, emotionally attached to the what's and what's happening and what could happen and the different situations about that. Right. And so we've got to recognize as believers that our brothers and sisters in faith when they're going through something like this, or maybe they're not our brothers and sisters in faith. Maybe somebody we know at work, but they're still going through a situation. Maybe they don't even have a relationship with God, but that doesn't stop the ability for us to pray for them and to reach out for them and to, you know, um, be there in, in, in their place. So, well, that we're running out of time, but I wanted to mention a couple of real quick things. Um, our marriage retreat. We keep mentioning this because it's so important. Yes. I mean, I'll just piggyback on what Chris has said before. Because I went um, to what will probably be the same. It's the same people, the same group of people. Yeah, it's the same we've, organization coming in. Yeah, yeah. We, we've done this um, marriage retreat before. And I just, gosh, I just, I, I want to go up to everyone and say, please come. If, if you, will you just please come? Please trust us that this this is going to be great, and it's hard to explain why. You just have to come. Come on. <laughs> yeah, and, and Dorothy's been to several different types of retreats with me, and mm-hmm. we've, we've been to several great ones, and they're all good. You'll get out uh, what you put in, but this one specifically approaches it in a different way and it allows you just to, to maybe see your spouse in a way that you've never seen them before, which is important, mm-hmm. and, and to grow from one another and to appreciate the gifts and graces that God's placed in them that might be different than you. So that's an important thing. So March 18th and 19th, we will be getting out information soon. Now listen, uh, I'll try to get information out real soon. So guys, if you want to get this as a Christmas gift, uh, you can do that. And so we'll, there is a fee for for the weekend, mm-hmm. but don't let that stop you. If there's an issue with that, talk to me, talk to uh, Freeman, and we'll work that out. Because what's most important to us are couples making the foundation of their relationship in, in, in God uh, so that they can grow closer together. And so um, Christmas Eve service, I keep getting uh, texts about this. We are definitely having a Christmas Eve service here at the Foundry. We are so excited about it. It will be, of course, December 24th at 6 p.m. So come. It's it's a family uh, service. Right. Wear your pajamas if you want. Oh, I'm just like okay then. Uh, you know, <laughs> just so come. you know, just, it'll be a great time to worship and prepare uh, for the blessing that God gives us um, in Christ, and to remember that. And then, last but not least, of course, this upcoming Sunday is our fourth Sunday uh, going through our series together, God with us. If you're behind on your devotions, like we so desperately are. <laughs> Don't give up. Pour into it. Maybe do a couple a night. Maybe do them separately and then come together once a week and, and talk about oh, you know maybe some different thoughts. Because we have a hard time getting us all together. All at together. The same and time. we want to do it all yeah. as a family, which is so if we difficult. do it if we do it separately and then just get together for a moment and talk about that's a good plan. So maybe this is Sun uh, this this Sunday we will be going over uh, God with us and peace. Uh, some other uh, people refer to God to us in faith, but oh. uh, it's it's the the message is the same. So mm-hmm. come and be with us, and I think our time's up. Okay. You got anything else you want to say? No, just you know, I just love how we we talked about hope and love and joy, and now we're gonna be talking about peace, and it's just like it's like 
hope plus joy plus love equals peace. You know, it's yeah. just it's just culminating. And if we can ever get that, it equals God with us. Exactly. Fullness, wholeness. <laughs> oh yeah. So you guys have a blessed week, and we hope to see you on Sunday. If you've never visited us, uh, we are at uh, uh, the Foundry, which is at 574 Industrial Way North in Dallas, Georgia. Um, and we have coffee ready at 10 o'clock uh, to hang out and just to, to chat. And then worship starts at 1030. Be blessed, and uh, we look forward to talking to you guys soon. Bye.